0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Soaplore. I'm your girl Jet, and we're going to jump right into this. We are on the final two episodes, yes I said two, I decided not to drag this out any further and truth be told it was just too good. Dynasty went off and I just couldn't help myself, so if this is your first time listening, welcome to Soaplore. This is a podcast where I, a soap novice, a millennial, and a TV enthusiast, watch the soapiest, studsiest storylines from the 80s, 90s, and the early 2000s before we all figured out what was going on. And I decided to start this journey with Dynasty, and I'm so very glad that I did. So if you've never seen the show, Dynasty is basically the story of this guy, Blake Carrington. He's this richer than rich oil tycoon. He has all these companies. He has all this going for him, but some stuff popped off in the Middle East, which has put a damper on his resources, if you will. He's going to marry his secretary, who happens to be gorgeous. And he starts to use her to woo other people into his business. Because the truth is, he's actually running out of money. But he doesn't want the world to know it. He's becoming more and more erratic. He's been on top for too long. He's starting to panic. He's freaking out more and more. He's running out of money. He thinks his wife is cheating on him. She is kind of, sort of a little bit because her old boo used to work for Blake in the Middle East. His name is Matthew. Matthew had a wife who went crazy and was put into an institution for a little bit, but she's all good. She's Gucci and great now. They have a daughter named Lindsay, but Matt still has big eyes for Crystal. Truth be told, she still feels him a lot too, but she loves her husband more. Her husband has two adult children, a girl named Fallon, who is very spoiled, very proud, very intelligent, but she doesn't really get to flex her muscles because... She's a woman. She can't take over the business. It's supposed to go to her brother, Stephen, who her dad has always kind of had this really funny relationship with, even more so now that he found out that he's gay. But Stephen doesn't care. He's a really sweet kid and he still admires his dad and he wants to live up to his father's potential. He's a little bit of a vagabond. He's been all over the world. He's been in and out of school. So his dad's like, stay put. I'll give you a job do what you need to do Stephen decides he's going to be just like his father and he's going to work his way up by working for Matthew that's right Matthew would be his stepmom's ex-man who started his own company after being insulted one too many times by Blake starts a Lancashire and Blaisdell oil company with his shady buddy Walter the mustachioed baddie of this franchise oh my god I just realized he's the only guy on the show with a mustache just realized that So Crystal is fed up with being used by Blake, so she sold some jewelry and used a profit to fund Matthew's oil company. Now Matthew's company eventually strikes oil and does really, really well. Blake's driver, Michael, who spies on everyone and sleeps with Fallon, finds out about the jewelry and tells Blake, who basically makes Crystal sweat it out by toying with her, which in addition to his erratic behavior, physically attacking her, many, many mantrams, heavy drinking finally pushes her over the edge and she decides to leave him. Fallon marries Jeff to keep her end of the deal and Cecil bails her dad out. Michael, her lover slash driver, finds out about the agreement with Cecil and tells Blake, who's embarrassed and he's furious. Like I said, he didn't have money like that anymore. His money is a little bit funny. So he insists that she stays married to Jeff. Now Jeff eventually finds out about this and decides he's going to drag every single person at the dinner table at his uncle's birthday party. He eventually stops working for a little bit and he decides he's going to make Fallon's life as uncomfortable as humanly possible, or at least until he gets over the betrayal. And finally, Stephen works for Matthew for a while and even gets into a fistfight at work after his ex-roommate slash former lover, Ted, visits him from New York. Ted misses Stephen, but Stephen isn't on the same page as Ted. He wants to make it on his own and try to build his own life. Ted respects it, but a drunk co-worker sees Ted and Stephen together and he starts lying about them being super affectionate at dinner, which they totally weren't. Matthew defends Stephen with his fists. Matthew and Claudia invite Stephen over for dinner, where Stephen and Claudia share a kiss and begin a quiet friendship that evolves into an affair. After some time, Ted once again pops up to try and convince Stephen to come back to New York. Ted and Stephen spend an evening together, so Stephen tells Claudia about it. They stop seeing each other, and Stephen asks Ted to leave because it's over. In a final ditch effort, Ted goes to the Carrington Mansion to convince Stephen one more time. But Stephen finally gets through to Ted, who agrees to leave. But Blake, who's in a bad way because his wife just left him and he's, you know, his life was falling apart all around him, flies up the stairs into Stephen's room where he tussles with Ted, who trips and falls over a box, hits his head on this brass fireplace thing and dies. So needless to say, it's been quite a day. It's been the longest 24 hours of Blake Carrington's life. This episode opens with the paparazzi swarming the home and Crystal coming back into the mansion. She must have seen it on the news or perhaps some, I don't know how they would have called her because this was long before cell phones, but she's back home and lawyer Andrew is there to greet her. He briefs her about the situation and he tells her, he thanks her for coming home and she's like, I'm only here for Blake but I'm still gone he begs her not to tell Blake that because Blake is freaking out so this is immediately after Ted dies the cops are there the, the house is swarming with cops swarming with paparazzi and you know it's it's a very confusing time like it happen so fast everyone's trying to piece it together Blake is realizing that he has to be detained because someone is dead He refuses to leave the mansion until he speaks to Crystal. So Andrew brings her into the library with him and she walks out of the home with him hand in hand to the police station. Now, once they're at the police station, Andrew starts to break it down for Blake. Blake is is demanding that he call, that Andrew call senators, whomever, whomever owes Blake a favor. Call them all. And Andrew's very hesitant. He doesn't want to say anything because Crystal's in the room and she's refusing to leave. Blake says it's fine. So he breaks it down for him. Blake has stepped on so many toes politically and otherwise that he doesn't have any favors to call in. This is bad. This is really, really bad. The DA is absolutely going to go for first degree murder because one of the servants overheard Blake saying that he was going to kill him as he flew up the stairs. So things are not really looking good for him and he and Andrew stay in the, this office that they're in and they talk, but Crystal leaves. She's trying to, she's going to go home and try and get a little bit of sleep. But of course, Matthew is there waiting for her in the hallway and he tries to convince her to just leave. Like you've done all you could just, just go and she can't leave. And she basically tells him, well, you didn't leave Claudia You understand how this is. I have to see this through. So Stephen and Fallon attend Ted's funeral out of state. And of course, Ted's family doesn't want anything to do with Stephen. Because, you know, his father killed him, killed their son. So they don't want anything to do with him. And this paparazzi or this photographer, I'm not going to call him paparazzi. He works for the local paper. He takes their picture and he basically says, if if this is bothering you, it's going to be a mess when you get back to Denver. And sure enough, it is. Everywhere they turn, paparazzis in their face are snapping photos because this is huge. This is an oil tycoon going on trial for murdering someone. So this episode is really, really good. Actually, this episode and the next episode are all about the trial. And the twist here is that the DA is actually Matthew's friend from the hotel lodge. You remember when he took Claudia on that little ski trip once he realized that he was a terrible husband? Yeah, that guy's a lawyer. And they're building a case against Blake, basically saying he's homophobic and he did this. This was an, a rage killing. This was an act of rage and he absolutely did it on purpose. Andrew's job is to prove that this was an accident. He had no intention of actually murdering anyone. He simply wanted to kick Ted out. And the, the funny thing about it is I think they're both right. I think they're both right. I think there's a part of Blake that wanted, was so angry He wanted to get rid of Ted, probably permanently. But then on the other hand, it's also like I've seen these very tender moments between he and Steven. I don't think that was his full intention. The main two witnesses, of course, were Fallon and Steven. When Fallon gets on the stand to testify, she loves her dad. She's going to say whatever she needs to say. I don't know if she knows she's lying or she's I think she knows she's I don't know. I didn't really watch the the scene again. Like when Ted died, I was just so shocked. I didn't watch it twice. But according to Fallon, they were there was a tussle. They were they were arguing with each other. They both had their hands on each other. Ted tripped over a box and hit his head on the brass thing. But according to Stephen, no, my father came in and he was hitting Ted, but Ted didn't do anything. He didn't fight back. And then he my father pushed him over a box and he died. I think the truth is this. Now that I think about it, I think Blake came in and he immediately started like grabbing and swinging at Ted. Now there, I would say there was a tussle, but Blake actually hit him. He was actually hitting him. But Stephen had grabbed Blake by the end of it. And Ted was already like his momentum was going backwards. So he fell. That's what I think happened. But this is perfect, just like I'm having trouble remembering. So were they on the stand? But the line in the, the line in the sand has been drawn, and Stephen, you can tell he doesn't want anything to do with Blake, and he's really angry at Fallon. As a matter of fact, at the end of episode eleven, he tells the judge and the jury that Fallon lied. Now this case they're building it is really invasive as far as to Stephen's life. They're kind of making that the subject of it to make it seem like Blake. Hated his lifestyle and he did. But Blake also has witnesses that say, no, no, no. He was just angry, but he he didn't threaten anyone. So the witnesses are as follows. There are, I mean, the people who testify are as follows. Fallon, Stephen, one of the maids from downstairs. And then Joseph, Blake gets on the stand and he doesn't do a good job of representing himself, but it's just, he's showing remorse and he's showing that he's devastated about the situation. And unfortunately, while he's on the stand, Andrew has a police escort go and get Claudia. So Claudia has to testify. Now, once the DA understands this, remember, he's Matt's homeboy. So he goes and he calls Matthew and he's like, hey, you need to get down there. They're about to make your wife get on the stand and testify. And I don't think it's going to be good for her. So if things weren't already bad enough for this poor woman, She gets on the stand to testify and just as they're asking her all the really good, juicy, important questions about she and Stephen's affair. Guess who comes sauntering in? Matthew comes sauntering in. Side note, that money from that oil must have been really good because he's moved from the rig to a beautiful office downtown. So Matthew's in the court and he hears everything. He hears a whole testimony and he physically attacks Blake and is put in jail now. The first season ends on a cliffhanger. There's a fancy pants woman that walks in wearing black and white. And she has on one of those oversized Easter Sunday, first lady of the church slash Kate Winslet Titanic hats. You can't see her face, but I'm pretty sure that it's, um, I just looked her up, Joan Collins, who turns out to be Blake's wife. He says, oh my gosh, there's my ex-wife. And Stephen and Fallon are like, oh, mother, mother, And of course, in true Dynasty fashion, to be continued. So we're going to find out what happens next season. Overall, I have fully, fully enjoyed this series. It's really well written. The character arcs are so much fun to watch. Great storyline, lots of plots and twists that I did not see coming. Of course, I'm thinking 1981 was going to be a little stronger than Brady Bunch. But they came out of the gate swinging. I was I was pretty impressed. I'll say this: I thought it was ironic that on both Falcon Crest and Dynasty, at the end of both seasons, there was there was some sort of court hearing. Only on Falcon Crest, nothing happened to anybody. Even though there was a full cover up, there was tampering with a, of a corpse. You know, hiding evidence, murder, even if it was accidental, at least manslaughter. Absolutely nothing happened. And if you remember. Falcon Crest came out at the end of the year. It came out in December of 1982, or 81, excuse me, and Dynasty came on in January of 1982. So it just kind of makes me wonder what the backstory was behind that. I think I'll have time now. I can actually look and at least look up what was going on with the first episodes to see how we came to this conclusion. But next week, we're going to get into it. Who did it better? Who's a better antagonist, who's the best protagonist, so on and so forth. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Soaplore. Remember to keep all your drama on TV and have a wonderful week.